The ability to speak might not make you intelligent, but we're going to try to prove otherwise. This is the Clashing Sabres podcast. I am your host, Brandon Boylan, and with me is a very special guest. Uh, he is the host of Forever Star Wars, which is the best podcast on the internet, in my opinion, and I am biased, but I don't care. He is Mr. Mark Marquis. Hello, guys. Hello, Ooh. hello. Howdy. And those other oh. voices you hear are the venerable and knowledgeable... The top tier podcasters in the nation, ladies and gentlemen. Foden. Yes, hosts of the worst podcast on the internet. I'm blushing. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's, like, it's like worst, like the you know how they spell barbecue the worst, but it's actually really good. Like Starship Troopers. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, what's going on, guys? Uh, you know, uh, tech. Tech is tech is hard. You know, it it wouldn't be Clashing Sabers podcast without some tech problems. You know, I don't know what the problem is this time, but the judges all looked and they said that we had everything right. So at the very least, we're here. We're ready to talk Revenge of the Sith. We watched the movie this week. Oh so no, excited. I watched Attack of the Clones. Well, that's okay. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. That's a good film. It's a good film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If you missed, we talked about Attack of the Clones already. Uh, you can go back and listen to that. We talked with Jason Hunt, which is super fun. Uh, so we're going through our series, going through each of the ten Star Wars movies that are out now. Uh, we're not venturing into, like, Caravan of Courage or any of those things. Someday, <laughs> thank you. Someday, yeah. but I'm not brave enough yet. Uh, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Could you imagine a two-hour podcast with me and Drew and just going at Caravan of Courage? Ugh. I just did it. I just did a commentary with uh, the Rogue Squadron guys a few months back on the the Ewok movies, and I'll tell you what, they are by far, like okay, by far <laughs> and second only to the Holiday Special, the worst Star Wars media out there. It's it's probably been thirty years since I've even seen them. It's worth another 30 to you not to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, it's not good. Ewoks. Gotta love, gotta love murder bears. Um, so. God, you, Ooh, band name. Murder yeah, bears. Yeah, it is a good band name, bro. All right, that's, that's it. Thank I get you. to be like the, the, the manager or something, though. I get some royalties for that. Uh, uh, if you learn sign language, you can be the person off to the side of the stage that signs all I can the words. Make that happen. Uh, last episode, we talked about Attack of the Clones, and for that, we had our monthly giveaway where we are giving away a Cad Bane figure, and our winner for that is Draw. Mister Phil Bangert. So, Phil, make sure uh, you get in touch with me if I don't get in touch with you in the next uh, couple days here after this release. Hit me up with your address. And for this episode, we are giving away a copy of, I'm just going to say it, the best Star Wars novel ever. 
Uh, wait a second. Is it uh, Rogue what? Planet by Greg Bear? That was a close second place. Close oh second God. place. No, we are giving away a hardback edition of Revenge of the Sith oh, by Matthew nice. Dover. We were so talking about that. That yeah. is uh, yeah, so. the best one. That, that's definitely the best Legends novel. It's definitely the best novelization. Or one yeah. of. It, it, it's. I really liked the uh, the Last Jedi novelization a lot. I really liked the Solo novelization a lot. I've got to go back and revisit uh, Revenge of the Sith again. But those would definitely be my uh, my top three. I wanted to try and do like the Revenge of the Sith audiobook before we recorded today. But, uh, you know, too much homework doesn't do the body good. <laughs> that's fair uh, so to enter that contest just go over to iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast and leave us a rating and review shoot me a message over on Twitter or like Phil did on our email at clashingsaversnetwork at gmail.com and uh, you will be entered into the contest and we will announce that on our solo episode and for solo we will be having Mr. Robin Vote and Tatooine Sons on so we're super excited about that and of course as always there'll be a special giveaway so make sure you tune in then so Bode what are you Star Warsing lately? Uh, well Jedi Power Battles praise, praise Sony Oh, God. Uh, we have been able to go through, uh, quite arguably, and we're we're argued with often on this, the best Star Wars game of all time, uh, and we're we're playing through it on like our roast commentaries on Starbucks, but also we like we just been playing it in our off time too together, and it's probably the root of our friendship. Yeah, there's uh a strong feeling of camaraderie that comes with playing that game with you. Yeah. Other than that, uh, the Jedi challenges. I, I, I freely acknowledge it is not a good game, Oh, but I have so much fun. Fantastic. Playing uh, like starship troopers is fantastic. And it's like Terrace Kasi for me. Ooh. It's a terrible game, but I love it. So yeah, good. that one's definitely terrible, but Terrace still fun. Kasi is Terrible's Kasi is, is awesome. Terrible. I love it. And, uh, on top of that, I think uh, the Jedi Challenges AR game has been a lot of fun. Yeah. And um, Resistance has been a lot of fun for me re- lately. I really like that show. Yeah, it's turning out to be really good. And it's picking up steam now that it's getting closer to The Force Awakens. Yes, I, yes. Uh, I like the animation style, too. So I love yeah. the animation yeah. style. We have a uh, vintage video game store that we found <clears throat> once I got my uh, revered Game Boy. And I went over there to kind of see like what they had, and they have Jedi Power Battles for Game Boy Advance. So I will be getting that at some point. Oh, the Game Boy Advance version is different, but still fun. I've never played it. And since we're talking Revenge of the Sith, the Game Boy Advance Revenge of the Sith game is one of the best Game Boy Advance Star Wars games. There's like eighteen hundred of them. So yeah, there's quite a few, and they have they have a good selection of them. So yeah, pretty excited about that. Uh, It's worth it. I got a couple games to beat before that. The good thing about like playing Game Boy Advance is you don't have to worry about like the game selling out because they're not going anywhere. That's true too, and there's they're going to be there thousands of them. So, uh, Mark, what are you Star Warsing lately? Um, for me, I'm it's probably the quiet before the storm because I'm just getting ready to go back to celebration. Oh, nice. Uh, so it'll be it'll be my second time 
and uh, I'm going to go solo this time. Uh, my brother is not has opted not to go with me this time, so uh, I'll be by myself. Um, other than that, uh, I've uh, I've been wanting to jump back into Battlefront Two because I kind of put that game down for a while. Yeah, and that was that was back before they released. They've released a lot of content since I last played it. They me too. It, yeah. The solo stuff, the Geonosis stuff, all that stuff I have not played yet. So now they've got the Anakin. They just released the Anakin hero. Uh, so I've been meaning to kind of get back into that and see if uh, if I enjoy it anymore. I kind of had mixed feelings about it uh, a little bit, but um, yeah, most people did. Yeah. Um, but other than that, uh, I'm just looking forward to, uh, I have pre-ordered, uh, a master and apprentice, uh, which is going to be Claudia oh, Gray's. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, now does that release right before celebration or right after celebration? Right I think after. is uh, it after? Sure. Yeah. Hold on. I yeah. Here I on think it's calendar. like, it's like the Tuesday after it. Yeah, it is the Tuesday after the 16th. Queen Shadow coming out, and that's going to be super exciting. Master and Apprentice will come out. Celebration. Celebration is going to be huge. There's, I'm, like, honestly a little worried about Celebration because it's going to be – I'm not even going, and it's going to be overwhelming with how much stuff we're going to get. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Mark, I, are you, like, concerned yeah. about not being able to manage everything, not being able to get everywhere and see everything? Well, not really because – you know, last time being my first time, I tried to do all the big panels and I ended up not getting any sleep. And I know that's what you're supposed to do, but I just decided that if I came back, I would focus on the smaller panels um, and just kind of watch the, you know, watch the big panels on just the, the live feed. Because um, it, it's just going to be so much information coming at us Uh that there's not going to be any short of shortage of things to do and see. So I might as well just focus on the things that are going to be the easiest to see and do. Um, and just kind of, you know, take in the, the rest of it and, and just try to meet new people and have that be my focus. Do you think we'll get the first uh, episode of the Mandalorian there? Kind of like they used to do with Clone Wars? Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah. know about a full episode. Finished. You might get like a ten minute reel or something. Yeah. yeah, they'll they'll show a sizzle reel or something. Yeah, that would be awesome. I yeah, still hold that we're gonna get content, a trailer, even like a two minute trailer would be awesome. Yeah, I still hold that we're gonna get the the teaser trailer for episode nine, and they're not gonna give us the title before. They're gonna wait, and it's gonna appear at the end of the trailer. I think now. That's... Well, okay, so I have a question about that. So if they do that, then that means that all that they can't really take advantage of the merchandise for celebration. So why would why would they not release the title before celebration? I mean, it. Have they said what day the panel is going to be on? No, no. So you do the panel on Friday or your Saturday morning, and then you have the rest of celebration to sell the stuff. Mm, yeah, I don't think they're going to be struggling to to sell things. I think they get more in the anticipation, you know, and you can sell stuff that just says episode nine and people get it. Cause like, what if we don't get any other episode nine stuff? I've got to pick this up. And then next thing you know, you've dropped, Oh, here are all these other shirts. I think the only risk there is like, 
somebody sneaking a, a pick at the shirt, but I feel like there's ways you can lock that down. Yeah, that's that's what uh, people were saying is that that if you you if it's gonna if they're gonna put it on merch, then someone's going to leak the title. Like you can't avoid that. So that's why they would have to release it before celebration. Otherwise, they're not in control know, of the story. In control of everything nowadays. So wait, do we think it's happening before or at celebration? What's the final can- consensus? I I, I think, think before. Hmm. How much before? Mm, well, that's a good question because what we're now yeah what five weeks away? So it would have to happen like next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, soon, right? I know. Low. I know. We it's are coming. in the year it's of coming. episode nine, and we're already like two months into that year. It's crazy. It's like kind of overwhelming. Wow. Like, there's just so much Star Wars content. They just released all the Galaxy's Edge stuff, which I'm hyped about, but I'm also kind of like, all right, I don't want to look at it too much because I don't want to create this vision of what it is in my head. And then I go there and it's different. And I'm just yeah thinking about how it's different. That's going to be so hard for me because I I watch a lot of those. I've been watching all the videos of like, um, you know, the, the guys that go and take the video of like the construction and how it's coming along and the aerial shots. And but I get I'm going to get to a certain point where I don't want to see any more because I want the first, you know, I want my first time seeing it to be when I actually you yeah. know, take it all in. I might not I might not get there till I'm like 45. Yeah, I hear that. I'll be at Galaxy's Edge Part Two: The Unknown Regions. The Chiss ascended. Well, see, I'm I'm the oldest one of us all. I'm the oldest guy here, so I don't have that much time left. So I have to go see it. (laughs) I figure I'm only going to be able to go once. That was morbid. (laughs) I to like laugh that one off. (laughs) I felt like a Family Guy member. I'm I'm shook. Oh Oh, man, man. Mark won't get to see the Unknown Regions version. (laughs) <laughs> oh, don't, don't say that now that was morbid <laughs> that was morbid Brandon yes uh, we've got Christmas gifts here Christmas gifts what yeah they're in Christmas wrapping paper and they say from Brooke and Brandon I don't know these people oh, oh how nice That's should fun. we open these you should yeah go for it I only uh why don't we open them while Bede tells you what he's been Star Warsing, and then we'll talk about them. Let's do it. Bede, uh, Star Wars. I mean, go. besides, you know, power battles and uh, uh, the Jedi challenges, I just finished Cross Current and Riptide. They're Legends books featuring Jaden Core from the Jedi Academy game. Uh, and, yeah, I tore through those. That, are those uh, Paul S. Kemp? They are Paul S. Kemp. He wrote the Lords of the Sith book in the new canon, which is one of my favorite books. Yeah, that's a good that's one. Too. All right, we're going to mute the mic real quick while we wrap un, unwrap wrapping paper, then we'll talk. All right, sounds good. Um, so actually, the, the reason that they are opening Christmas presents in February is because Fode uh, was holding off and didn't get a chance to send me a gift that he had been promising me, which was some training uh, sabers. Uh, so I actually got those this week. And Mark, did you see the video on uh, our Facebook group? 
No, I haven't seen that. Okay, yet. yeah. So it's over on our Facebook group. Because Fode is the best, I got two training sabers, uh, which are, you know... That's sweet of you. Weapons grade, but then also an amazing katana, um, which I'm super excited about, and I just look at it and, and giggle a little bit. <laughs> so Yeah, you can't... You can't cut anything with that. It's for yeah. demonstration only. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Display, but... Don't worry, Brooke. Uh, Brooke checked that immediately. She's like, "Is that a, is that the real deal there?" And um... this is awesome. We've got some dope stuff here. I had to I had to watch my mouth because I was gonna say other words. This is awesome. So we've got. Oh my god! Go ahead, B. This uh, is this is really funny. Yeah, stop beating your meat. Smoke it instead. <laughs> A barbecue a, cookbook. A nice barbecue cookbook. <laughs> and I'm getting super hungry flipping through this. So this will help us uh, get some recipes out. We'll we'll give the book credit, but we'll post them up when we do some of our shows and stuff. Because Armadillo eggs. I have to what? go out. I, yeah, I hope they're... Oh, it's like a stuffed pepper john with like meat and stuff. Okay, this is already awesome. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to definitely do some of these, and I do need to go up to the orchard to get some more smoking wood. So There you go. And then an there's the Black Series. Oh, look at that brisket. Not wrong. Yeah, I need some good brisket tips. Um, there's an Imperial Death Trooper Black Series in here, which I'm very finicky about buying Black Series. So you have selected a really nice looking death trooper and i am honored to put this on my shelf next to my other four black series figures so i appreciate that absolutely. very much absolutely big stormtrooper fan too it's a good looking death trooper yeah make me some brisket though yeah i will like, <laughs> I for sure just no like right, amazon. like right now <laughs> It, like it's Amazon pretty... must have known that I was looking for you because I searched and that was like the third barbecue book that came up. Yeah, it, I mean, appropriate. the title alone is perfect by Dirty Girl Cookbooks. <laughs> it's very Starbecue. That's that Ooh. has me written all over it. No, that's my new thing. <laughs> Dirty Girl Cookbooks. Yeah, you might be under copyright infringement that way. <laughs> we'll just you spell it. I'll, with I'll, a Z. I'll do cooks with a C. Cooks yes. with a Z. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be a parody band. All oh my gosh! <laughs> exactly. Oh man! Oh. Thank you very much, Brandon. Merry, yeah, uh, Merry Valentine, Saint Patrickmas. Same to you, sir. Same to you. Thank right. you. Thank you. So now that we've got all the festivities out of the way, let's celebrate the best Star Wars movie ever. Maybe. Uh, almost. Revenge of the Sith. It's, it's high on my list. It, it's it's kind of high on mine. When was the last time you saw him? Yesterday. Do you know where he is now? No. Padme, I need your help. He's in grave danger. From the Sith? From himself. Padme, Anakin has turned to the dark side. You're wrong. How could you even say that? I have seen a security hologram of him killing younglings. So this is going to be our usual top three, bottom three uh, format where we give our three least favorite things or things that we personally would have changed um, or just don't uh, fit our fancy. And then we'll go through our three uh, top things and things that we love about this. And... 
Mark, I know that you were super excited uh, and very adamant that you were having the Revenge of the Sith episode. So I am going to give you the honor of starting um, with. Uh, let's start with our. Let's start with our bottom three per usual. What's your uh, bottom number three? Okay. Well, first I want to say that uh, this that my relationship with the prequels is kind of complicated. Um, I've never walked out of a Star Wars movie not liking the movie. Uh, but I do have them ranked uh, because some of them I enjoy more than others. And some of them I have more problems with than others. And the reason why the prequels tend to be a little lower on the list is because I just tend to have more issues with them. But I still enjoy them very, very much. Um, there's a lot that I can find to like in them. Uh, this, this movie is by far my favorite of the prequels. Um, so finding a lot of stuff that I liked was not difficult. Um, and finding some things that I didn't like was not that difficult either. Uh, but if I guess if I had to rank, um, uh, the bottom three, I guess the number three I would go with, um, is the opening sequence. Uh, not the very, really not, not the first five minutes. The first five minutes are excellent. Okay. Uh, that continuous shot with with the Jedi fighters and it's continuous and it flies through the different ships and uh, right. You know the explosions. I like the banter between Obi Wan and Anakin. Um, they they feel more like friends in in the opening shots than I think in all of Attack of the Clones. Um. Mm. But for me, once they reach the invisible hand and they have to go and find Palpatine, and that's the that's the sequence where it starts to lose me. Um, <clears throat> it's it just kind of wears out its welcome. It goes on just a bit too long. Um, so, do you not like the fight either? Uh, the Dooku and Anakin fight. Yeah, um, it's okay. Um, okay. You know, the, some, some of the, you know, Dooku doing the flips and, and stuff is, um, to me, doesn't really hold up anymore. Um, what I do like about that that whole sequence is how it mirrors uh, the scene in Return of the Jedi, where, you know, the Emperor is, is on his throne on the Death Star. Uh, we have the same setup here where it's, Pal you know, Palpatine is... is uh, being held captive in in a chair that looks very much like the same throne, uh, his the backdrop behind him. There's a space battle going on, just like the Death Star. So it's obviously meant to mirror the same that same moment from Return of the Jedi, or foreshadow it. I guess you'd say if mm. you're talking in sequence. Um, I, just some of the some of the witty banter and the. Uh, the inclusion of general or the introduction of general grievous just doesn't doesn't really work for me um and i find myself it's not until we get past that sequence and we actually start to get into the story of like uh, you know the final days of the war and anakin um uh, dealing with his uh you know being further estranged from the jedi that's from that point on that's when the the story really kicks in for me Mm. Uh, so it's really kind of funny that I'm I'm finding a, a, an action sequence in Star Wars to be one of my least favorite things about the movie because generally that's not the case. So yeah, this one feels 
very much like that entrance in Return of the Jedi with Jabba the Hutt where they're they're saving Han and everything. Um, you know, you're kind of you're meeting a big bad and you have a, a, an action scene and you're getting to see a Skywalker in the prime of his power. Um, it's all very reminiscent, which I think is intentional. But, you know, that's one of the big uh, knocks on, uh, you know, Return of the Jedi as well as that that part feels kind of detached. Yeah. All right. So swinging it over to uh, to Fodenbead, uh when I was taking notes on one? who I wanted to have on the episodes, this was my exact notes. And I quote for Revenge of the Sith, Foden Bead because lightsabers. So, gentlemen. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I'm going to let you duel it that's out and decide who goes first for the bottom three. Do, do you have one right away? Yeah, I can go. Is this your third? Or You said this is your not. It's your. Not the worst thing in the no, movie. No, no, no. This is your, your least it's, favorite it's thing. It's the first one that came to mind. This is the absolute least favorite thing. Okay. Like, it, I don't know why it bothers me, but it's. The scene after Yoda fights Palpatine and he's climbing through that tunnel before he hooks up with Bale. Yeah. Just the way he's moving through that little tunnel always irks me. Just bothers you, huh? Yeah. I I, I don't know why. It is kind of creepy with his, his pajamas and everything. Yeah, he's like a, a cat. <laughs> <laughs> sneaking through there i really don't like the, uh, uh, yeah i don't know it, it seems very undignified yeah to me for yoda to be doing that and like the part where his so, claw is kind of like scratching on the senate uh pod there yeah it's just kind of weird well I'll, I'll i'll go ahead and throw in the part where his cloak falls off oh, and yeah like he, he just looks like he's been there in his pjs yeah for for some reason, the cloak makes him look more like a Jedi Master, but without it, he just looks like a little kid. <laughs> it is. That's funny. That's a very specific bottom third. Well, but like first, uh, first. Then thing. he jumps into to Bale Speeder and is talking about how he. Must oh, go to and exile. which is a sweet speeder. Which is by a the sweet way. speeder, but he just yeah, looks like a, a little speeder. kid sitting next to you know dad, like just got picked up from soccer practice. Into exile, I must go. The way he like plopped down on the seat yeah. from the uh, oh, yeah, like a wet hatch. turd from the ceiling. <laughs> 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 it's really, yeah, it's pretty bad. I don't know. It's not very uh, that's funny. Yoda-ish. That's very funny. That's uh, that's me. That's very funny. Food. All right. Uh, take it away. This is hard for me, but like I would just have to say my absolute least favorite thing about this movie is probably going to come back in my favorite things in some way, but it's like how little we really ended up getting of the Clone Wars. And I know it was supposed to be the end of the Clone Wars where Attack of the Clones was the beginning of the Clone Wars. And then we got the actual Clone Wars series and all. But I wanted to see like Ki-Adi Mundi like for, I don't know, 10, 15 more seconds fighting on my Guido. Plo Koon for 10, 15, 20 more seconds flying his starship on Kato Nemoidia. Like 
I wanted to see the battle stats that Allie was fighting before they blew her up on her bark speeder. I wanted to see more of the battle on Kashyyyk. Like, I, I just looked at B the other day when we were watching. I was like, what if Yoda just tore across that beach with his lightsaber all of a sudden? Like, but we never saw that. We just see him hop out of the way of a blaster bolt, and then he decapitates two clones quite handily. Um, but, like, I just, I just wanted to see more of that overall. And it's a long movie. And you do get a lot of good visuals, a lot of good action, a lot of good stuff that's related to the Clone Wars trooper costumes and whatnot. I just wanted more. Less, less, uh, it's, it's because I'm so in love with you and more that. More, I'm not the Jedi I should be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See that's So funny. that's me. I just, I just wanted more. My, uh, my bottom number three is Kashyyyk and the droid attack on the Wookiees. What about the droid attack on the Wookiees? That's my least favorite. Like, how so? Just overall, you don't like it, or you just wish there was more? No, no, no. I think it was just utterly useless. Uh, I think we needed to get Obi-Wan away from Anakin uh, so that, you know, we can get the turn. But I don't know why we needed to get Yoda away from uh, Anakin. He constantly is failing as the Jedi leader. He basically blows off Anakin's feelings earlier in the film when he says, let go of everything you, you fear to lose. Uh, and just generally, like, Anakin's not connected to the Jedi very much anymore. The Jedi are pretty terrible at how they manage emotions throughout the the whole story. Which I get is the point, but it's frustrating since, like, we look at Yoda as, as such a wise sage, and now so much of what he is saying is not necessarily the right thing. But that's a conversation for another day. I don't think you need to get Yoda away from Anakin. I don't know why Yoda can't just be on Coruscant. Um, or, or I have a thought on that, but I don't well, know if you, you're gonna like it. You can't go have for it. Mace Windu and Yoda. That's what. That's my thought. If you had yeah. Mace Windu and Yoda go to fight Palpatine, Palpatine is effed royally. Yeah. And not only that, but Anakin is not gonna come in, even as the chosen one and best both. Um, Mace Windu and Yoda, even with Palpatine's help, in my opinion. But do we need to see Yoda off fighting on this planet? And I, I, you don't need to necessarily see him off fighting, but he does need to be off course on. I'll give opinion. you. I'll, I'll grant you that, but I don't think. I, I think just yeah. it was a hey, look what we can do with CGI stuff. Yeah, it may have been a little forced, but it was though. Yeah, no, no, no. You no, know like, what? The worst... Visually, it's stunning, but like the. <laughs> Having Chewbacca in there just seems Yeah, I understand. It may have been a little forced. Yeah. The worst part was the swinging Wookiee that does With the, the Tarzan, Tarzan yeah. call. Yeah. I I hate that uh, in Return that, of the Jedi. That's I definitely hate that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I just went. Yeah. I, for me it's just like It's so unnecessary. Yeah. Well, for and for me it's it's you know, cuz originally uh the Battle of Endor was supposed to be the Battle of Kashyyyk. Yeah, and, right. And so to have to have Kashyyyk turn up in what was at the time the final Star Wars movie, it was a little shoehorned in and for and for I don't know, the effort was was nice that he was giving us, you know, finally showing us what Kashyyyk was like, but then, you know, you get all these wookies and they basically charge into battle and it what lasts all of 3 seconds. Um it, it did feel like I agree. It, it felt like it was a little shoehorned in. I don't have as much of a problem with Yoda being there, just that uh, 
that feels like it should be a location where more things happen. You know, that is yeah, I agree. The story. Yeah. yeah, especially since apparently, like, if you re- read the comics and the the novelization, like. Yoda was there, Luminara Unduli was there, Quinlan Voss was there, and like we didn't get we got a shot of Luminara, but we didn't really get any of that in the movie. Nah. It just yeah, it doesn't really feel any different from any of the other scenes we see in Order 66, you know, and just the thousands of things that are going on in the galaxy. And if Yoda's gonna be there, like like I want it to be important. And Kashyyyk you know, they tell us, oh, we can't afford to lose this. But, like, now with the Clone Wars series, we see, you know, a lot of back and forth. And it's like, okay, but why? You know, like, you lose it, but that's not what cost you the war um, kind of thing. So, it, it just overall, I'm like, all right, I'll check Twitter and, and come back when Yoda cuts some heads off. That's always a good time to come back. So, Mark, let's circle, <laughs> let's circle back around to you. Having seen the the... The Clone War, the animated Clone War series, the limited series, the Tartakovsky series uh, that came out before the movie, I was really pumped to see General Grievous in the film. Um, yes. Yeah. I, I was a little disappointed. Just a little let down. The negotiator, General Kenobi, we've been waiting for you. Jimmy. That wasn't much of a rescue. You're welcome. And <coughs> Anakin Skywalker, I was expecting someone with your reputation to be a little older. General Grievous, you're shorter than I expected. Um, That's fair. He just did not seem like the unstoppable, horrifying killing machine that he was in those cartoons. Um, yeah. You know he's he's a he's a cool character, and I, I dig the cape. Robots with capes are are always awesome. Um, but you know he's he's played he's kind of a punk. He kind of you know he did he ditches he leaves the fight, runs like a coward, um, and he does the mustache twirling thing a lot of times. So. Again, that's that's more of a case of where I'd sort of built up in my head that he was going to be this big character that he was going to be, and and really the movie's got has so many. When you think about it, they dispatched Dooku pretty quickly because he was the villain in the last movie. But then they've got this new character who's a droid general, and you think he's going to be a much bigger character. And really, all he really does is he provides an opportunity for Obi Wan to be dis, you know to be occupied at some point. Uh, and away from Anakin. And I can't think of any other reason why Grievous is necessarily in the film other than just to, to pull Obi-Wan away from Anakin. In the film itself, yeah, I get that. I also kind of see what uh, Lucas was doing by having the three villains of the prequels kind of be proto yeah, versions yeah. of Vader. You know, you've got the the monster in Maul, you've got the the leader in Dooku and you've got the, the more machine than man in Grievous. I, I know he's, he's not well executed, but I really do like Grievous in this movie. 
I'm okay with him being a mustache twirling villain. But then again, I literally just watched the <coughs> micro series this past year we, when we did our episode on it. So I had no uh, preconceived notions going into Revenge of the Sith about what he was. So I think maybe mm. that kind of shades it a little bit. Yes. All right. General Grievous, you're shorter than I expected. General Grievous, you're shorter than I expected. <laughs> I I do think he he makes more sense as a villain in the context of like the Clone Wars. Yeah. yeah. Like if you have all that backstory going into Revenge of the Sith, uh-huh. he, oh, yeah. I, f- I feel like he makes a little more sense. Yeah, it definitely helps swallow the Grievous pill. Although, it always did bother me that Anakin was like, General Grievous, you're shorter than I expected. General Grievous, you're shorter than I expected. Yeah, like you watched like, your I master fought fought you like four times. Well, no, he never fought no, Grievous. No, but Obi-Wan did. Obi Wan didn't. Not only did Obi Wan fight him, but he didn't. He, didn't he fight him in the Clone Wars series with a lightsaber? Yeah. Yo, yeah. That's, yeah. That's why I I caught that this time where he says, uh, "I've been trained in your Jedi arts by Count Dooku." I'm like, well, yeah, you guys have dueled like seven times. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He does. Yeah. Like, the banter's not really. It's like, are, why are you just introducing yourselves again? There is a line in the book after Grievous says, you know, I've been trained in the Jedi arts, and Obi-Wan's like, oh, that's funny. I trained the man trained that, the killed guy that killed him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. in the book that. Matt really Stover, baby. Movie. It's good stuff. That yeah. book so goes agreed. deep. That book goes real deep. It's a deep cut. It's very deep cut. Especially combined with uh, Labyrinth of Evil. And Dark Lord, if you really want to go with the whole trilogy. Yeah. But Did like, Matthew Stover write all three of those? No, James Lucino did Labyrinth of Evil and the Dark, Dark Lord. Lord. Yeah. And then Matt okay. Stover did the... Did the Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I remember really liking those uh, when I read them. So, Bede, let's circle around to you and your uh, middle bottom number two. Oh. Man. I don't know. Foe, do you go? I got to think. Uh, okay. My bottom number two would be, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like my number three, but it's just expanding a little bit, is the fight with... It's not even a fight. Palpatine just massacring all those Jedi in his office is, one, really awesome because it gives you the scope of power of what Palpatine's really supposed to possess and the fact that, like, okay, Mace Windu is even kind of like, oh, man, I'm kind of swimming with sharks right now. <laughs> good point, good point. <laughs> I thought we were sparring, baby. Um, but <laughs> I feel like it's in my bottom also because, like, yeah, I, it's in your bottom. Yeah, it's. A, <laughs> I feel like I feel like it's in my bottom because. <laughs> Say it again. No. <laughs> because you do get like this glimpse of awesomeness, like when they walk in, it's totally badass. 
they ignite four lightsabers and Mace Windu doesn't give him an option. He's like, oh, you're you're done, Chancellor. <laughs> Dude, I I would have made a Darth duty in my pants. Yeah, when those four Jedi light their lightsabers in your office. And then, like, Kit Fisto is the only one of the other three that doesn't die in, like, one swipe. Yeah. But... If Palpatine really was that powerful, he would have crushed four Jedi, no problem. Well, they... But they were four masters! Like, they were all lightsaber masters. They were probably surprised. Yeah, they were probably shocked. Yeah! Yeah. It's like, alright, Anakin (laughs) said he's a Sith Lord, but, like, is he really? And then he just... Does like a 20 misty flip and it tells the story. (laughs) It tells the story correctly. It tells like the right story about a Sith Lord who is basically unstoppable at this point. It tells the right story. And the fact that those four Jedi in particular, that if you read any lore, you know that they're just masters of their lightsabers. They, they got taken down pretty quickly. That's all very good. I just wish because all four of those Jedi were masters of the lightsaber, that we had gotten some grandiose battle. Yeah. Yeah, I think you could have told the story better if you have Sidious holding Mm -hmm. off these four. Right, yeah, I almost feel the same way. Like, you tell it effectively by having them cut them down instantly, and it's probably what would have really happened if they were lightsabers, but it would have been so cool to see all four of them against one. Yeah, and with the, Obi- with the Obi-Wan Anakin yeah, at the end, with Obi-Wan and Anakin at the end, you, like, basically get rid of, like, this is what would have actually happened in a real duel. Yeah. Plus, you, know, you do need to have... Showmanship. You do need to have a good fight between Sidious and Yoda. Yeah. And you don't want to overdo the Sidious fight, I guess. Yeah. It, it was pretty overdone. It was good, though. Sidious and Yoda's a good fight. Yeah. Anyway, that's my that's my second one. So that gets me thinking about Clone Wars and how, like, we we always see Palpatine with two blades when he's fighting in Clone Wars, um, and and that's kind of missing in the film itself. We see him fighting with just the one blade. It's in the it, they talk part. about in the novelization though how he's got one blade like in his tunic, and then he's got another hilt hidden in his like in a bust in his office. Yeah, or Labyrinth of Evil, one of them. Yeah. Hmm. Because when he getting, summons getting, it from his bust, it's like they talk. They talk. That, that's like about his lightsaber, though. He's like he doesn't carry one on him when he's doing chancellor stuff. No, not when he's doing chancellor stuff. He can't risk it. Yeah, but when he's doing Sidious stuff, he keeps one in his cloak sleeve. I don't think so, because he does Sidious stuff like from his office. Not when he puts on the <laughs> robe, though. Nah, he just goes into like the side room. Oh, get out of here. He goes into, <laughs> he goes into the bathroom. Nah, get out of here. It's just his bathrobe. Yeah, he just right. really gets a good angle. Oh yeah. my god. Uh, he, you know, there's no natural light coming in. You know, <laughs> real, real nice and dark in there. Real vampirical. Yeah. Okay. This is such bad lighting. Oh uh, what brings me around to to my number two because I really uh, number two <laughs> every time. Be mature. Uh, <laughs> you guys know very on brand. Uh, 
I wish that there was more connection yeah. with the other material uh, that we get in the Clone Wars animated series, and particularly, of course, Ahsoka. Logistically, I get why we don't have the connections, but in the words of Lando, I don't like it, I don't agree with it, but I accept it. Yeah. Steel's getting worse all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it really yeah. is. Uh, it, it just bugs me, though, also how it just doesn't seem as connected to Attack of the Clones. So, like, case in point, you have, right before Anakin turns, Padme says her her very wonderful Shakespearean line of hold me like you did on the lake in Naboo where there was nothing but our love. Um, uh, you so mean, good. You mean when you were hiding because somebody was trying to assassinate you? Or do you mean the whole stalking Anakin getting all predatory on you? Or maybe the jokingly talking about needing a dictatorship? Yeah, I don't remember any of that. Uh, uh, I, just, well, I, feel like I feel like you're nitpicking. <laughs> I mean, but there's a lot of nits to be picked there. No, I'm just, I mean, I'm just joshing you, as they say. I know. Uh, and then also you have the, the Sifo-Dyas thread. Never gets picked it's up. sifo kind of got dropped off, didn't it? Right, yeah. he just gets dropped off. And like... Okay, leave that a mystery, fine. Like, I, I could have gotten over that. But then at the same time, you have Yoda basically just throwing away the prophecy, which was the the motivating factor for Anakin becoming a Jedi at all. And he's just like, mm, yeah, we've been wrong. Yeah, maybe we were wrong. What what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, like, eh. Yeah. You know, and, and it's we'll get a new prophecy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I it's mean, if we, just, <laughs> if we just kill both of them, then... Like, we're all good. What do we have to worry about? All right. Obi-Wan killed him. I'll go fight this guy. <laughs> then, uh, you know, we'll get coffee. We'll meet up for a Java juice. <laughs> Dexter's at eight. It's happy hour. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. It's just, yeah, the the story self-contained in Revenge of the Sith is is great, but there are some problems when you line it up with everything else that's happening around it um and, and that just it, it kind of bugs me more so because i feel like it takes away from revenge of the sith being a great movie i think if you had moments in attack of the clones where it actually seemed like padme was interested in anakin that changes things um if you have like maybe obi-wan being shut down by the jedi council be you know like don't go after the sifidius thing anymore that's not a priority that changes things. If you had Yoda, like, actually giving a crap about, like, the fact that they could have misread this prophecy, which is apparently really important, but now all of a sudden it's not, then, you know, you have a you have a better movie. But, like, have you not brought this up before you're going, like, off to fight this battle and Anakin is now on the Jedi Council? You, you haven't discussed the fact that maybe the prophecy was wrong and this kid's not always cracked up to be? Well, it's not. I don't know that. Is it that? Is it that he's throwing away the prophecy, or is he just pointing out that they they probably were misinterpreting it? I don't. I don't think he's necessarily saying the prophecy doesn't matter anymore. I think he's just saying. But it never comes back around. Like, there's no consequence to him saying that. Well, I mean... Which I feel like is the prophecy problem in the first place. Like, I'm not a fan of the prophecy in the first place. I I like the idea of Anakin being created and everything. I think that's awesome. I Um, I think that's a great way to kind of start that line. But the whole prophecy is just kind of ridiculous. 
I feel like that was kind of Lucas saying, yeah, he's going to fulfill the prophecy, but what he's going to do is he's going to wipe out the Jedi first, and then he's going to wipe out the Sith. And that's the part of the prophecy you guys didn't realize, is that you guys were going to be casualties. Uh, He'll still do it, but he's not going to do it the way you think he's going to do it. And that was just kind of Lucas saying, he's, we're, you know, he's going to get there, but it's just not going to happen the way that the Jedi thought it would happen. Well, and Yoda foreshadows his own statement in, was it uh, Attack of the Clones when he says, always, or no, it's in Empire Strikes Back when he says, always in motion is the future. Like, right? That's Empire. And yeah. he says it to Luke. It foreshadows if you see that first, but then it foreshadows through Revenge of the Sith what happens in Empire. He's basically saying, like, of course we could have misread it because prophecy in and of itself is always changing. Faulty. Yeah, you can't you can't accurately prophesy anything. But then Proph- why don't you bring that up? <laughs> That's at the word. Some That's the word. Before. That's you know? the word. <laughs> it's okay. I trust you. I'll look it up for you. Go ahead. Oh wait, beat number two. Uh, what? Right? Did you do number two? Yeah, I thought so. No, you passed it to no. me. Oh, you were talking all that time. Prophesy. Well, no, we had. We look had mine. Go. I think it's a prophecy. Go, dog. Um. I don't know. I really love this movie. <laughs> it, it's hard. It's like Fabies Navies. You just got to pick the least of the best. Uh, it, it's all I got are like little moments. Go for it. Like two seconds. Go for it. Like when Bale goes to the Jedi Temple and then Zed Chukasa's like murks all those dudes and then dies. When For Bale, no reason. When Bale, like, dives back into the speeder to drive away, like, it just looks super lame to me. That's that's not a small <laughs> thing. That's a pretty big moment. <laughs> I, I don't know. Whatever you said, we were talking about for, like, half an hour, Adam. Oh. <laughs> we're going to be getting close to that on... Uh, no, no that's, a good, that's a good one, actually, because... That whole Zetchikasa moment, like, why did you do that? Like, he was gonna just go away peacefully. Why yeah. did you gotta come out here and start cussing him down? They're like, it's time for you to go. And he's just like, and so it is. And so it is. And then just, and then, <laughs> yeah, come on. Yeah. We're, we're wasting our time here. <laughs> okay, when that's not bad. You have this little kid cut down, you know, all these clones, but then these clones are getting the jump on all these masters everywhere else. It's just, it's like, see, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a little moment in that that I really like is where the kid gets, where the kid gets knocked down. The second he gets knocked down, there's a, there's a clone trooper that bites it too. And it happens simultaneously. Yeah. And I always like that, just that little moment right there. Yeah. I actually do kind of like that moment, but I see what you're saying. It is kind of corny looking when he scampers off into his speeder. And then, you know, (laughs) when the kid gets shot down, 
the way he reacts, it's like, were you his like big brother in the boys and girls club? Or something? <laughs> <laughs> you you seem to be very familiar with this. Bale yeah. Bale Organa cares about everybody. That is true. <laughs> he's, a very, true. he's a very caring guy. And yeah, I don't know. That's it's, not a it's bad moment. Just a moment that always takes me out very yeah. briefly, and then I'm right back in. All right, who's up number one? All right, Mark, you're at bat. I wonder if the my least favorite thing is going to be Brandon's least favorite thing. I, I um, have a feeling it might be. Um, I'm not crazy about the way they handle Padme in this movie. Ding, 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 ding. We have a winner. <laughs> yeah, so in order to... I, I'll keep mine brief, so maybe we won't do a whole lot of overlapping here, but I just... The way she's established in the first two movies, she's so she's such she kicks ass. I mean, I don't know, I'm supposed to say ass, but um, you said it twice, and I'm leaving it in. So there you go. Yeah, there you go. Um, she just this movie just kind of sidelines her. Um, she's putting pregnant, pretty much, and and very reactionary. She's she's very reactionary, and of course, all the stuff where uh, she's. Uh, she's meeting with the the petition of 2000 and the senators and Bail Bail Organa and Mon Mothma, Mothma are getting together and having these meetings and talking about how they're going to, uh, you know, resist all this change that the chancellor's proposing. You know, all that stuff got cut out. And that would have been, it would have been nice to see her actually doing something proactive that you know is going to lead to the rebel alliance one day um so knowing that that exists and then sort of just sort of watching her just kind of give up at the end which is just really really weird to me um uh, you know on the one hand i understand that they're kind of going for the broad strokes you know she's you know but she'll the love of her life has turned to the dark side and she's brokenhearted but she just gave birth to two little babies. And I, I just can't wrap my head around the idea that she would just give up. Um, well, and we know that Lucas can write female characters well. Like, he created Leia, he created Mon Mothma, like, in a time when even having that many, you know, females in the, the front of your movie was not, you know, the norm, unless they were, like, Padme is here, you know, pretty much just just objects for the men to chase after. Um, and, and doing that to her character is just, it's really unfortunate because once her and Anna can get together, it just, it's all downhill. She doesn't make any choices that actually benefit her story. It all becomes about Anakin. And this, honestly, this is probably my least favorite, most irritating thing in all of Star Wars, period, point blank, end of story, because... The fact that there is, like you mentioned, Mark, the version of that story where she had a character and she had character that are deleted scenes where she's, you know, starting to become the rebellion. Um, she's meeting with the other senators. She takes a knife to Mustafar with the intent of killing Anakin. Like, even if she was never going to do it, like, seeing her be herself, really, uh, is would have been so much better and instead we just get her crying a lot and then dying of sadness and it sucks it it just it it's terrible and i think it, it kills 
your empathy for for Anakin to some extent because you're not rooting for them. You know, you, you lose some of that because you're not rooting for them as I feel like maybe you are in, you know, Clone Wars and even at certain points in Attack of the Clones when Anakin's not being a creeper. It's sad. We need more. That's a good thing about more Padme content coming out, though. We're getting more of that. That strong. Well, character. I will say this in Padme's defense or Lucas's defense or whoever wrote the the uh, the hot flash Padme, we'll just call her. Um, <laughs> I have a pregnant wife right now, and Padme is what nine months pregnant in this movie. Like that girl keeps it together pretty well for a bloated, pissed off. Um, probably super hungry all the time can't stand up for more than 20 minutes without wanting to just lay down and take a nap like this girl's going through it right now and she's carrying two force sensitive twins of the chosen one so like if you think and stack all that up like the pregnant women act like that they they have moments where they're not interested in starting a rebel alliance when they want a ham sandwich. Like, let's just call it what it is. I um, mean, that's fair, but the fact that there was a version of the story where she did that, you know, where she did. Start yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yes, I understand. But maybe George Lucas thought about when his wife was nine months pregnant. He was like, yeah, she wasn't starting no alliances. She was looking for the, the iciest water you can find her in never ending gushes. That's so, I mean, I do, ooh, I do like the never-ending gushes. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the so, end scene where, you know, her funeral, um, where, and this is... I know, it's heart-wrenching. Uh, I think it's explained in the novelization, and, and correct mm. me if I'm wrong, but they she's she's supposed to be presented as still being pregnant. To help yeah. The yeah. Planes, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and we you can see that you can see it in the movie because she still has a baby bump. Yeah. And the yeah. divorce snippet and everything. And, and of Ooh, course, baby they bump. That back. <laughs> band name. Stop. Band name. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Japor snippet. I hope you guys play work. instruments. Japor snippet. <laughs> Japor snippets and the baby bumps. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, that's a wrap. <laughs> oh, man. All right, guys. Jumping over to you, Fode Bean. What's your number you one? You go first this time. My number one? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know, man. Uh, Buzz droids. I don't like them. Is it that's, the center, that's is your it number center one? <laughs> yeah. They're always just staring right at you with that center eye. <laughs> no, nah, I, don't, I don't know, man. Uh, okay, no. I take that back. Uh, Please do. <laughs> the, uh, the battle droid voices. Oh, that's yeah. a great one. I'm, yeah. yeah, that's a great one. Especially the super battle super droids. battle droids because they should talk the like hanger, Stallone, like right when they crash into yeah. the invisible hand. They should talk oh like Stallone, God. and they don't. <laughs> yeah. What if you got they, Stallone they to come so in and do? Sounds so dumb. That? Well, uh, maybe we should blast them. 
And maybe we should. I don't know. Yeah. Passable. Passable slow. I guess. My my face isn't as uh paralyzed. Yeah. <laughs> you get, get a stroke going real quick and then boom. Oh. Right All right. All right, that's fair. I guess I'll jump off of that and I'll just say like we already said General Grievous was a little disappointing. The droid voices were kind of dumb. Uh, I think, dumb. yeah, I think overall I would have wanted to see the droid army be more imposing because at this point, didn't General Grievous pretty much think he had won? Like, I mean, he kidnapped Palpatine. Right. That's, uh, and then once Dooku move. bit the dust, like then Grievous started to be like, oh, got to figure out. An escape plan again, right? So I feel like um, maybe the droid army overall should have read more imposing from the start of the movie and then carried that throughout all the way up until Order 66 when um, the clones just destroyed everything in their sight. I, I, I think it's just so dumb how, like, throughout the course of the prequels, the battle droids became more like comic relief. Yeah, cheeky. Like in Phantom Menace, when Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon are trying to, you know, get into the control room and the droid goes. Yes, these were terrifying. It's like, oh my God. Yeah. They mean business. Yep. Now, if I'm, you know, fighting somebody that's cracking jokes. I know. I know. Yeah, I, I, I just, I wanted to see danger from the droid army. You know, like the yeah. galaxy was in danger. And I just didn't feel that the same way. Like at the end of Attack of the Clones, when that march hits and, and the clone army finally comes in. And they're like, it's just intense. It's so intense. Yeah, they, they definitely dumb it down. And the beginning scene is so intense too. The way, like we were talking about, not the not the part Mark was saying he didn't like, but the beginning part that we all like. It set it up to be really danger, 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 and I just don't feel like we got quite the level that we were promised. So that's my number one. That's fair. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the the R two humor in that moment. The R two humor. Come on, no loose wire jokes. I'm all about that. What was that all about? Well, R2 has been... Uh, no this wire jokes. Did I say anything? No, he's trying. I didn't say anything. <laughs> I just... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it, it doesn't work for me. Which is very rare, because pretty much everything with R2 is, is pretty great. All right, so now we get to the things that we're all, we all want to talk about, because it's Revenge of the Sith, and it's awesome. So let's get into our top. So, Mark, what is your number three... Uh, favorite least yeah this is where i really had a hard time because there are so many things that i wanted to list I, I can only put three things down but and i feel and i'm looking at my top three and i'm thinking like yeah but if i mention these i don't get to mention all the other stuff that i liked um so I, yeah so if i have to choose uh the, my third third favorite thing is uh this the the quiet scene of Anakin and Padme looking at each other across the city. Um, that is just that is 
The thing about Lucas so, is he's yeah. always called these movies silent movies. He says that they they you could turn the volume down or just listen to the music and he, and hear none of the story, but you could still tell what was going on because um, he wanted them to be, to be very visual first and foremost. So, and this scene is is really him doing that, um, telling. It says that scene is saying so much without a single line of dialogue, and. I've always read that scene as being that's the moment that Anakin turns to the dark side. That's that's the moment. Um, I think I've read it that way as well to to an extent. And I think you're 100% right. They did that like music video where he basically went through scene by scene like a long form trailer for Revenge of the Sith with the the John Williams soundtrack. I can't remember what they called it. It was on the DVD special features. Do you know what I'm talking about? Nah. Wow. I'm sorry. Well, he did tell the story of Revenge of the Sith without words through that. So it's funny that you brought that up. Yeah. And there's, uh, speaking, speaking of the music, when you listen, if you listen closely, there's this moment where you can hear across the stars play, but it's really distant, far in the distance. Like it's kind of like this dying, like it's sort of the light and Anakin is dying out. Um, I just think it's a really nice moment. And it's, and it's not, there's not anything else in the entire saga that's anything like it. Uh, so that's why it's I like that. It's fair. Yeah, that's a good one. It's a good one for sure. And honestly, like I don't have that on my list just because I was kind of depending on somebody else to have that on their list it would be like my number three B because it really is such a great moment. And yeah, the, the mix is perfect. The lighting is perfect. Uh, just everything, everything works there. I hadn't thought about it as a moment where he turns to the dark side, but I can definitely see, I can definitely see that read. I'm gonna have to go back and, and watch it again and see how I feel about that. Uh, Fode B, let's jump over to you. You're, uh, I'm, I'm going to be, Concise. I'm gonna say <clears throat> I know you would. I can feel your anger. It gives you focus. focus. Makes you stronger. Like that that whole moment right there. It's just, my... his, just his line delivery and just about every single scene. Oh is Ian makes perfect pyramid. Like uh when when he slips from Palpatine into Sidious, Sidious and Jason, you know, it, oh, it's so good. You can even see it on his face. Yeah, like he he literally changes, fills his pants a little, <laughs> like you, <laughs> like you you see him actually feeling Anakin's yeah. anger. Yeah, like he is getting. A kick out of it. Yeah. I can feel your yeah. anger. It's like oh. a 12-year-old drinking a two-liter of Mountain Dew. He just gets, like, juiced by it. Oh, he's, he is <laughs> right in there. That that might be probably my favorite Palpatine moment in any of the movies. That's fair. I like that answer. No, that's really good because uh, actually my number three is 
everything with Ewan McGregor and Ian McDermott. I think what they do in this film is just absolutely oh, flawless. They're, they're uh, perfect. They're the best Not to worry, we are still flying half a ship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the moment that really, like, cemented this for being on my list is that moment where Anakin and Obi oh, oh in the light and the dark. And it's, uh, it's very... Yes. And, and what I noticed about it watching this time is Ewan plays this this he rides this line of letting the audience know there's something important happening, but also showing you that Obi Wan just thinks this is another just yeah, like, yeah. later like they're going off to another battle. Like, of of course dinner, they're you know? gonna come back and, together yeah. again after it, but uh uh-uh. uh yeah right it's Anakin and Obi oh right? God. You're breaking my heart. We can't talk too much about it because it may or may not be in all of our <laughs> top two. I, <laughs> so uh, starting to well up a little. Bit. Let me let yeah, me I'm give sure my we'll bottom or top top third. Right. Um, I would say I really want to put this higher on the list because it's me and it's my favorite thing about almost any Star Wars. Like. As much of my favorite as the lightsabers, pretty much. Um, and that would be the vehicles and the starships in this movie are awesome. Yeah. They're just so cool to look at. You get those acclimator cruisers and the flyby camera work is unbelievable. Um, and, and the fact that they were able to do a lot of that camera work with zero actual cameras was pretty cool too. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, just, just the, the overall scope and, and the designs are very good at bridging the gap between like that episode one sexiness to everything. And, and they make it very galactic empire. Like the merge is, is very apparent in this movie of the two styles of, of architecture and engineering. Yeah. And well, and they, they have like the Jedi starfighter is a lot yeah. more like the, the tie Ooh. fighter. Whereas the clone ship is a lot more like the X wing, which is the reverse of kind of, but they all also look so cool. And when they move around and they start blasting yeah. stuff and they explode, oh, that. like that movie just has so much of your favorite, like Tonka trucks exploding, you know? Yeah, that's that's something I was missing in the Force Awakens was the, having seen the prequels prior to that. Yes, was, I was I was wanting to see all these new ship designs and that they. Yes, weren't there. And that was that was the one glaring thing that I was missing in the Force mm-hmm. Awakens. Yeah, so that's me, man. I love I love the toys that they get to show you in this movie, even though you don't get to see them or play with them as much as maybe you might like for a two and a half hour movie, it's still awesome. Yeah, whenever I rewatch these movies, I just get completely lost in the art design. Yeah. Like the Arc 170 Starfighter is one of the coolest and and the toys that they made. Uh, I can't I could talk about it all night. I'm not gonna it's awesome. It's awesome. I love the actual toys and the toys that they that they had in the galaxy there. So that's my number three. I know I did All just right, settle down now. Yep. Got a little got a little hype yeah. there. Heart palpitations. You need your <laughs> inhaler? Yeah, I might. I might. <laughs> 
Uh, well, maybe I do, and uh, maybe I don't. Nice. <laughs> He's leaning more Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> that was. Yeah. Oh, last time I was in a Dago bar, I was drinking a beer in Little Italy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. I'm out. All right. Let's get this. Uh, you got to quit. You got to quit out of them. You quit. I quit. I'm going. It's down. a good episode. Good episode. All right, Mark. Number two. Who's going? All right, two. Um, the the scene where uh, Palpatine is addressing the Senate. Um, I love how that ended. Uh, yeah. The, after. The, the, yes. Yes. After. Uh, okay. After uh, the basically shenanigans yeah anakin has become his toady um and is on mustafar <laughs> wiping out the rest of the the separatists um i love how this it cuts back and forth between anakin being the muscle you know the cleaner the cleanup guy uh taking out uh, the remnants of this fake war that uh, this dude started um and then palpatine just kind of basically just throwing democracy under the bus and just and and just basking in the adulation that he gets from the senate um that moment it carries so much weight because of you know everything that, that the, this lucas had been sort of setting up this uh this kind of this cautionary tale of this is how democracies fall is the way when people become complacent about their freedoms and they allow their they give up their freedoms in order to give somebody with a lot of power even more power in order to keep them safe um that's how you lose your liberty that's how you lose your freedom and then just the just the perfect the cap to it is Padme's line of this? So this oh, is how liberty so dies. That is my favorite line. Thunderous applause. Absolutely best line in the whole movie. Oh. And her, and as much as I've had issues with the way that that Padme's handled in the movie, that moment right there, where she kind of just looks around and you can just kind of see the disgust on her face, and she's like, "This, so this is over now." I just love that moment. It's just so on point. It, it is absolutely Padme's best moment in the movie. I can't argue. I got nothing. You guys have said so so good about it. Yeah. You've done said it. so good? You've said so good about <laughs> you it. Say so, you say so good. You're Sidious is also a Palpatine. I'm not sure if you're aware. <laughs> <laughs> have you heard of that? Yeah. T-shirts now on T Public. Oh, man. Oh man. Who's good saying time. so good next? Um so I think did everybody no. do their number two? No, no. I think we all went around. No, no, just oh, Mike no, did his number two. Yeah. yeah I, <laughs> I I just went upstairs and did number one. <laughs> all right. So let's circle around to you. All right, so. I'll go number go two speed. on this one. I'll I'll got? get number one. Absolutely favorite moment. Wait, wait, you didn't even do your number two yet, dog. Yeah, I did. No, you didn't. No, Mark's the only one that did his number two. Oh, get well, with us. Get with us. I got my number one. Go quit again. I'm gonna do my right, number peace. two. <laughs> my number two 
was um, I'm gonna say the fight between Yoda and Sidious. I think it came at a good time in the movie. I think that we didn't get enough of the Jedi Temple slaughter, so it was a good like makeup for not getting enough of that. Um, and I think that in the novelization, the way that they describe that fight is taking place between like an ultimate shadow and like an ultimate beacon was really, really cool. Um, and you can kind of see that in the film and Yoda never really like quite goes for any kill shots, even though he's got an offensive lightsaber form. It's kind of curious how he just seems to like be almost playing with Palpatine outside of his kill range. And then Sidious sort of like throws it back at him, literally later with, with throwing the Senate platforms at him. But he almost throws Yoda's like uh, trepidation at just straight up striking him down right back at him. Like you should have taken the, the advantage. You had me. You had both my guards down. You absorbed my force lightning, the most powerful force lightning in the galaxy, and you just took it like it was you know not too not too hard for him to take so i don't know i just feel like that that scene really elevated the film at a point where it needed a little push maybe and um and the the lightsaber work itself was a lot of fun plus you got to see two sick force wielders just going at it yeah <clears throat> And the story that it tells with, like, Palpatine literally demolishing democracy and yeah, on top of the grave exactly. of the Jedi, you know. You yeah, I had a hard time not putting that in my top three. That was that was difficult to leave out. I couldn't leave it. I, like, I wanted to do something less obvious, but it's such a good moment. Just, like, that that shot of them on the platform rising up into the set. Oh, it's amazing. It's a beautiful shot. And you can just see, like... You stop you breathing know, for a moment to, while it all starts taking place. They're so small in the... Yeah, like, in the, the gigantic room. You can just see their lightsabers. And, yeah, uh, it, it is pretty spectacular. And Palpatine I know. is laughing through the whole... He's thing. having the best day. The longer, a good time. the longer it goes on, the stronger he gets... The weaker Yoda seems to be getting, and the more he he seems to be having a blast. My my favorite Palpatine laugh is after he blasts uh, Yoda into the wall, and it's like, ah, 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 ah. oh yeah, he just like <laughs> I have waited a long time for yeah. this. I crack myself a up. Green it's pretty <laughs> awesome. That's my number yeah. two. You got a number two. Didn't I get mine? Oh my god. Brandon, what's your number two? My number two. It's funny that you just brought up Order 66. Oh yeah, you were. Order 66 is my number two. Uh, I think that... <laughs> I'm sorry. I concentrate here, gentlemen. This dude doesn't know anything about numbers. Uh, For cheating on your homework, that's what you get. Yeah, we're over here. That's fair. 
Okay. Um, I lost you for just a second there. Um, so my number two is Order 66. This one really comes down to the the music for me. I think it's uh, John Williams at his yeah. absolute finest um, between that and Padme's ruminations. Uh, and, and I know it goes quickly, and a lot of us would like to see more of it. Um, maybe see more Jedi go down, go to different planets, maybe see them fight back a little bit more. But I think the, the rapidity with which the order is executed is really important because generations of the Jedi way of life yeah. literally washed away in mere seconds, you know? Uh, and, like, even though when we first saw this, we didn't really know the Jedi very well. Now, of course, we have Clone Wars, so we, we kind of get it a little more. John Williams makes this a punch in the gut uh, to the extent to which the only thing I could think of that is equivalent to it in terms of like just completely destroying you is, is Han's death yeah. in the Force Awakens. Uh, it's these moments where you know that like there's no turning back. Like the galaxy can write itself again, but it's not going to be the same. So and it's going to take a little while. Um, and, and mm. I think it's. So which je- yeah. which Jedi death hits you the hardest in that sequence? I, you know, probably Ayla Sakura, just because y- you get the look in her eyes as she realizes what's happening. Um, I-, I think Kiadi Mundu, you you kind of get the same thing. I just am not super crazy about his design. Um, so that kind of takes it away from me. I, but just the the beautiful environment in which she gets just completely slaughtered, and, and just kind of the the dichotomy there, the the tension that it creates, and the the dissonance that it creates is really yeah stunning. For me, post post Clone Wars series, it's uh, Plo Koon. Mm. Having having seen him and his relationship with Ahsoka. Yeah. Mm. To, to me, actually seeing them get gunned down by the clone troopers, you know, like with the, their blaster in their hand uh, is a little more impactful than Plo Koon. Plo Koon dying probably hits me the most, but in terms of like what moment do I just like, does it really hit me that like the Jedi way of life is gone? It's it's that Aayla Secura moment. They're just, they're just kind of different, but yeah. It, the the whole thing gets even more emotional because of Clone Wars, because you not only know like all of these Jedi, but you're like, what about this guy? What about this guy? Like all these other people are out there, and and with Rebels and you know Jedi Fallen Order coming out, and even the the Darth Vader comic line, we know there are certain Jedi who survived. So those Jedi that we don't see, you're left wondering, are they alive? Are they dead? And it creates and even bigger tension. It's just a very layered scene. And to all the what really sells that scene for me is when it ends with Yoda dropping his cane. Because we don't, you know, you yes. know, we never see Yoda really in distress like that ever. Yeah. And it's a a connection with obi-wan on the millennium falcon and then later with leia when han dies like there those three moments are are so important to the galaxy uh so truly revolutionary for the galaxy 
it's it's these points of no return and i like the the visual storytelling there and I, i'm thankful that they kept that going in uh in force awakens fair i like it the music itself especially for me like tears my heart out steps all over it Ugh. yeah we're gonna circle back around to that in just a little bit so let's go on to our number ones because I think B. Oh, oh. So, Mark. It's easy to get to. We've got a smart oh, Alec here. Uh, what a wise and I'm a. Uh, all right. Number one. You were the chosen one. It was said that you would destroy this and not join them. chosen one it was said that you would destroy the sith not join them that moment itself oh it it makes me cry every time it's pretty tough yeah tough to get especially through. after watching clone wars like reading the really, books like seeing how that relationship had involved or evolved like it it's heartbreaking yeah it totally is and Ewan McGregor just sells it. I, you said good. You said I, you said good. I, I did say good. <laughs> I am going to piggyback. I'm going to piggyback right off of you and just say that the relationship between. I'm going to use their actor names, Hayden and Ewan, because I feel like they established it long before the cameras yeah. ever rolled. Yeah, top man. Yeah, like that that relationship that they have all the way up through that moment. And even like you can tell like how much it breaks Obi-Wan's heart to deliver Anakin's children and not have Anakin there to hold them. Like the whole movie, that relationship just, just picks away your soul in – good ways in sad ways in sort of angry ways sometimes and um like you just feel so much for obi-wan all the time he spent all the effort and then you feel so much for anakin like yeah what what you're going through right now is tough for anybody yeah so that that relationship and the way that it played out it was pretty much exactly what I expected going into the movie the first time, but also very, very pleased with the way that it was handled too. You know, the the whole just, you know, you were my brother. I I loved you. Like, like you felt he, that. Oh, yeah. You felt like the actors were breaking up. You know, like yeah. they were gonna see each other for the last time or something in forever. And, and uh, I, I I understand it gets a lot of flack, but. 
I think Hayden's uh, delivery of the I hate I you. Hate oh you. my god! Like you know, people make fun of it. Nah, I dude, think it's, uh, it makes my butthole pucker. It is intense. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> it's intense. I felt like we were having a nice discussion. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's intense. That's yeah. All around, uh, I think I think that relationship was well done. So. Yeah, absolutely. Next. All right. Is it, who is it? Is it me? Am I doing the number sure, one? For it. Um, did you ever hear the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wall? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because so, I, is it a story the Jedi would tell you? Yeah. Uh, it's a Sith I, legend. He, uh, he was a dark lord of the Sith. <laughs> I just... My number, my my number one thing in the whole movie is just Ian McDermott. Ian McDermott in every scene. There's not a single scene that I don't like him in. He makes the movie rewatchable. Uh, I, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot that's rewatchable, but every single time he's on screen, I just kind of I stop whatever I'm doing, even if it's in the background, and I stop and I watch him. Yeah, he's magnetic. He is the MVP of the movie. And in that scene, I, everything about that scene I love. I love the way that the, you know, is, is when, the, when they cut to the opera house, you hear that. I mean, you can hear the ominous music and you know, well, something's coming. This is going to be. Yeah, a, yeah there's this, a bass drone. Yeah, there's like that guttural kind of almost Gregorian mm-hmm. chant. Um, and they're watching, I think, a calamari ballet. Yeah. Think yeah. 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 And the fact that this is all happening in public, and yep. Palpatine, Palpatine doesn't even care to hide anymore. Like he's reaching the the end game, and, and they had a soundproof bubble over the box. Oh, stop! No, <laughs> it's it's in the book. Oh, is it true? Yeah, I don't remember that part. Yeah, yeah, it seems like I do remember that. that. Check, check um, it. I don't remember that. I don't remember that, but I believe you. But. But no, I, I, I know what you're saying. Like he, he's not trying to really be as discreet as maybe he was. He just tells Anakin straight up, like, "Oh yeah, I got this great story about a Dark Lord of the Sith." Yeah. <laughs> you wait. You've never heard of Darth Plagueis, <laughs> dude. <laughs> wait till yeah, I tell you about this guy. And if you go back and you if, when you rewatch that scene, notice that it has three sections. It starts out with, <clears throat> so Anakin arrives and he sort of kneels at, at Palpatine's right hand because Anakin mm-hmm. considers himself his right-hand man. Right. And um, so the, the first thing they get out of the way is, yeah, we found General Grievous. And, and so instantly Palpatine goes right for the flattery. Like, uh, yeah, I they really should send you on this mission because you're the best they've got. So he's instantly goes for the flattery. Um, so then the next step is, you know, he tells, you know, his aides to, to, to scram. Leave us. Leave, leave. I love how he just goes, he goes from the pleasant old man and then leave he goes, us. leave us. Which is exactly what he does to his guards in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah. And, and so Anakin takes yeah. a seat on his left hand side which is where um i think her name is slymore slymore yep slymore yeah so that's that's his trusted aide so essentially he's telling anakin come here and sit sit where she sits because you're going to become much more important to me 
And so that's when he goes into really starting to sow the seeds of, of doubt in Anakin's mind about the Jedi and how the Jedi are untrustworthy and they're asking him to do something dishonest. And doesn't this really just make them out to be no better than the Sith? And what's interesting in that scene or in that moment is that Anakin pushes back because that's what he's been trained to do. He's been trained to think of the Jedi as being what everyone else thinks that they're supposed to be, even though these things are bothering him, he still pushes back because that's just what, that's what he's been, that's what's been drilled into his head about the Jedi. So he says, no, that's not what the Jedi are about. They're about, they're selfless. They only think of other people. So then Palpatine goes, okay, that's not working. He pauses and that's when he hits them with the big guns. That's when he says, you know, there's this, there's this story about these Pete, this, this guy who could save people from death. That's when he that's when he's going for the carrot and he's dangling that carrot out in front of Anakin and he's saying, you know, I actually know what's going on in your head because I've been in your head and I know that this is something that scares you. Yeah, this is, this is, I've been in your head for like 15 years. <laughs> and just the way that he just plays with him like a cat and a mouse, that whole scene. I, just, I love that scene. It's my favorite scene in the entire movie. Great answer. Yeah. It's pretty much perfect. I, I, I do think it's funny in, like, the scene where Palpatine actually, like, reveals himself. Yeah. As, like, you know. In the office. I'll train you, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't seem worried about anything at all. He's no. like, oh, yeah, the worst case scenario, Anakin's going to go tell on me. Yeah, and then I'll get to kill four I Jedi think, Masters in my office. I think I'll probably be fine. I'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he, he just, you know, towards the uh, the tail end of the Clone Wars there, he stops caring a little bit. He does start just telling people, like, yo, I'm going to start killing, like, everybody in just, just about three months. <laughs> like, that's... This is like uh, he has nobody to stand in his way, right? Like, yeah, the Jedi are too blind to see what's going on right in front of their noses. He's pretty much wiped out everybody except for like a handful of people. Yeah, he's he's the man. He's like, ooh, I'm close enough. I can start uh, playing around a little bit here. It's a great answer, Brandon. What's yours, dude? My number one is the music. Oh, uh, that's a good answer. All of it. Just all of it is perfect. I think um, if you look at that, the Mon Cala Ballet, um, which interestingly enough, I read somewhere is uh, a ballet about uh, death and rebirth, which is very uh, prophetic. Mm. Um, so that that the the choral use here, Padme's ruminations, uh, Battle of the Heroes, oh. like right from the get go with that first drum beat that you get uh, as the the. Sh- the camera's panning down onto the Battle of Coruscant. Uh, it, it just grabs hold of you and doesn't let you go. And I think uh, the episode one music is, is really good. It, it sets the scene. You get those connections with the Star Wars you know, um, some connections that you may have missed, like the uh, municipal band being the Emperor's theme, um, those kind of things. Attack of the Clones kind of fell off a little bit, uh, even though Across the Stars is wonderful. It, it did recycle a lot of music. And here, John Williams, I think 
his mindset was like, this is my last Star Wars movie, so I'm going all in on everything. Not that he doesn't, but I think it's just an, uh, another level. You know, it's, it's that elite athlete in like the Super Bowl type level that he accessed here. And just the this one is one you literally could just watch on silent and the story is told through the music. Uh, I, I just think it's absolutely perfect. Agreed. Yes. Yeah. It's one of John Williams is best as far as like getting the, the previous themes out and like reworking the motifs, but also creating new, new themes because like, let's just say it. I mean, the dude's getting kind of old. He's recycling a lot more than he ever did before. Um, He's still writing original themes, but it's, I I don't know. None of the music in the last Jedi grabbed me like any of the music in revenge of the Sith or any of the prequels for that matter. Force awakens took me some time to, build up an appreciation but yeah but ray's that, theme is so brilliant oh, and so, jedi steps and is so jedi, brilliant jedi steps yeah those two are so name. brilliant that they they definitely got I, me right away i will agree uh last jedi didn't really last jedi i like last jedi i like the uh the moment when luke's walking out that's a pretty powerful yeah movie. there are like but, good yeah. musical moments for sure but i think revenge of the sith has the most um Attack of the Clones could be argued up there too, because that has really good musical writing. But Revenge of the Sith itself just has a lot of like stuff you like already and stuff that you'd never heard up to that point. So, yeah, and I think if we're looking at the the John Williams scores and, and just listening to the soundtrack, for me, the prequels are the the cream of the crop uh, for just like listening quality i think you know the original trilogy has those classic themes uh it it sets the stage for everything the music is amazing um and and is super important in telling the story um but when you get to the prequels it's like equally as important to telling the story but it's more a more dramatic um subtle type tone than you get in the original trilogy because it's not a full-fledged war for the majority of what we see in the prequels. So I just think that in the movie, it's great. The soundtrack quality is primo. And I mean, I go back to Padme's ruminations uh, and and that tells you like literally everything you need to know about John Williams is right there in that moment. He just executes on every single thing. Here, here. It's almost like it's almost like the music in Revenge of the Sith is its own character in the yeah. movie. It really yeah. is. Yeah. It kind of tells a story that's adjacent to the story or or it's it's like narrates and I guess that's what it's supposed to do but it really does do it with a voice. I like that. So, I like how you put yeah. that. Thank you. It'd be really interesting if we got like the soundtrack only version for like all the movies. Yeah, I would be totally. You know, into if that. just one day that popped up as a special feature for like the digital let's uh, get, copies, that would be pretty. Let's get awesome. to it for Grace on it. We can make it happen. Right. We have, we have sway here at Clashing Sabres. Let's get to it for Grace on it and uh, John. What's his name? Williams. Oh yeah. <laughs> 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 
Oh, man. <laughs> he uh, might be important. All right, that's a wrap. <laughs> Peace out, guys. <laughs> and he quits again. That's two quits in a night. This best episode. No, that's three. Recorded. That's yeah. three. Damn, I lost. Now, now who can't quits? count? <laughs> like, I quit. Three quits and at least four band names. <laughs> uh, what, what were the band names? I, I, I Jepor Snippet was one of them. Jepor yeah, Snippet. Jepor uh, Snippet. Uh, something about Bill. <laughs> what was it? Dirty Girl Cookbooks with a Z. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is just a cover band. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I just sing... The recipes from this book. <laughs> oh. All right. That's it. Peace. Oh, yeah. that's, a, that's another quit. All right. Oh. We we can't go anywhere from there. Final thoughts on Revenge of the Sith, Mark. Oh. Um Yeah, I the the so my during my rewatch, um Aside from being a little bored with the, some of the, uh, the the length of the opening scenes, as soon as the as soon as they get past that, and the story really kicks in, I just find myself I can't stop watching it. It's the kind of movie where if it's on television, and I, I come into a certain point, I don't just watch one scene and then leave. I just end up watching the whole movie, and that's always been a good you know a good test for me for how how high on the list it is. Um, I call that the Shawshank Redemption test. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there's so many other things. Shawshank that, a movie, it's good. And there's, there's so many other things I didn't, you know, I didn't mention. I didn't talk about the, the way that the movie ends with the, you know, the montage with all where they all go and they're the way it ends on Tatooine. Uh, there's just so many, there's so many things that I feel like, I, this is a movie where I, I think over time, I think as the prequels start to gain more respect as sort of like the people who grew up watching them. Like I was, I was already an adult when I saw them. And so I had sort of complicated feelings towards them, but like kids who grew up watching these movies, like these were their star Wars. And I feel like those kids are now adults and like those kids are having kids. So um, I, I think the, I think I'm, in general, this the prequels are probably going to age better than we might have thought that they would back in 2003, 2005. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think so. We're getting on that 20 year, twenty years of Phantom Menace, and so 20 years for, for the Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith will be coming up soon. It'll be interesting to see kind of how... I think Attack of the Clones may they may kind of just like wash past that one, but I think uh, the 20th anniversary of Revenge of the Sith could be could be pretty interesting, uh, especially with some of the content that'll be out then. Fode, Bead, Revenge of the Sith. Final thoughts. Dope. It is good. I would say it's made exponentially better if you read the novelization <clears throat> for sure, and. Yeah. I'm watching um, Clone Wars. Yeah, and I would say any any of this stuff, Clone Wars, the Tartakovsky stuff that uh, up until a few years back led into Revenge of the Sith directly, um, the Labyrinth of Evil book, 
like that is the prequel to Revenge of the Sith. Or at least in Legends of Wings. Yeah. And the, the, just so much like rich content was coming out between 2000, like 3.5 and 2005.5 that I, I just, I think the movie itself, great. Anything that came with it just made it that much better. So. Yeah, can't argue. Including the not they're, awesome they're video books. game that's still a lot of fun to play. I feel like that's your opinion on all Star Wars video games. Well, unfortunately, most Star Wars video games are like that. Mm, yeah, that's fair. My final <laughs> thoughts uh, on Revenge of the Sith needs more Soka. All right. <laughs> so I like to be concise. Soap needs to be washed, son. It's very on brand. It, it, <laughs> yeah, you know. I'm not. I'm nothing but if. I'm, words. I'm nothing but simple. It's okay, Brandon. You said good. I I said good. I can do the talking. All right. You can do can the you guys talking. say good? Can you guys say good about all your podcasts and things that you're doing? Yeah, we'll let Marco first. His is better, and they should hear about it first. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I do a little podcast called Forever Star Wars. It's on the Clashing Sabers Network. Um, I'm going to have a new episode coming out very soon that I've been working very hard on, so I'm eager to uh, share that with you guys. Um, but if you want to follow me on social media, I tend to hang out on Twitter. Uh, I am at, at DJ M Marquis. That's DJ And I'm also over on the Instagram. Uh, it's not very Star Wars related over there, but if you wanted to follow me, you could find me at M Marquis 1205. And uh, we are Foat and B. Okay, that was dumb. StarbQPod.com. Follow us on Facebook. Instagram are the best ways to usually uh, interact with us. Facebook, we're at StarbQPod. And Instagram, we're at at StarbQPodcast, all one word. And um, we're the adults-only Star Wars podcast that's always thinking with the stomach. We do recipes, we drink a lot, and we do roast commentaries on all the Star Wars media. Like, we're working through Clone Wars right now. We're just about to start Season 6. We need to finish releasing our Season 5 roasts, one of which Brandon's on. And um, then we're jumping into Revenge of the Sith, actually. So, StarbQPod.com, think with your stomach and... uh, you know, we say bad words. So if you're one of Brandon's students, thanks for listening. This is not what we sound like on our show. You can contact us at Clashing Sabers Network at gmail.com uh, or over on Twitter at Clashing Sabers. Come hang out with us in our Clashing Sabers Star Wars community over on Facebook. You can uh, just search that and find the group. That's where we are uh, all just kind of hanging out and people are sharing what they're working on and we're, we're talking about the movies and, and everything else. Uh, we actually have a new way for you to, to get in touch with us now via text message. Uh, you can text us at 832-966-077, 832-966-0077. Uh, just put your name and uh, where you're from on there so we can read it on the show. And don't forget to enter our contest to win a Revenge of the Sith hardback novel. Uh, You can enter that by, of course, going and leaving us a rating or review on your podcatcher of choice. So make sure you go do that. And now I guess that's it. We're done. Batch 8?
I guess, should I do it? Hi, hi ho. The podcast you just listened to and all other Clashing Sabers productions are the intellectual property of ClashingSabers.net. All sounds and materials used from other creators is their stuff, and we just use different information on educational purposes. Bottom line, we made it, it's ours, they made it, it's theirs. Seems simple, but if you're still confused, feel free to email us at ClashingSabersNetwork at gmail.com. We have no association with Lucasfilm, Disney, or any of the other fine companies that make all this stuff we talk about. But, Kathleen Kennedy, if you need anything, let me know. I work for cheap. Now let's blow this thing and get out of here. Chancellor Palpatine, Sith Lords are our speciality.